This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Good morning. Welcome to The Morning Run on BFM 89.9, the business station. I'm Melissa Idris with Julian Ng and Ibrahim Sani. It's now 9.36 a.m. and time for the SM Show. Of course, this is the show where we rant about what's working in markets and what's not. And on our radar today is the EPF following the unveiling of their 2015 annual report yesterday. So on the show today, we're going to be looking at very specific aspects of EPF's investment process. To be, uh, to be even more specific, the outsourcing of fund management to external fund managers. Are they worth it? So Jules, um, let's kick it off by looking at the, this practice that EPF has of using external fund managers. So EPF has had a farming out policy for a, quite a long time already to have external fund managers, or as they call it, EFM uh, by EPF, uh, for a very long time. Uh, and in 2015 alone, slightly more than a quarter of their investment income came from EFM. So that's a huge amount, a quarter, 25%. The question is whether is is worth Worth it, uh, and whether external fund managers can push the needle in terms of returns for EPF. And if you look at uh, what was released yesterday, the ROI or the return on investment for EPF was 7.5% for 2015. The EFM ROI was 12%. So this is a huge outperformance by um, the EFMs uh, compared uh, to ROIs. Of course, you have to compare like with like uh, because the EFMs have a very specific focus. Uh, for example, in uh, according to Dato Sharil, in uh, private equity, in infrastructural-related, very little fixed income and very high-risk assets. And uh, the EPF itself, on average, uh, focuses on fairly safe assets like uh, fixed income. But still, it added about uh, 0.75% or 75 basis points to the overall EPF ROI of 7.5%. Yeah, but just like when you mentioned Apple for Apple, the uh, external fund managers also have a different risk tolerance because if you think about it, 12% plus, you can't be applied to the entire fund. We're talking about 300, 600 billion ringgit worth of fund right now. And for these specialized investments they place, such as the PE firm, PE fund, uh, private equity fund, infra fund, and you know, not so much on bonds, for instance, I think it allows for these EFMs to actually hunt for the best deals out there because of that specialized uh, uh, area. Okay, so what does that mean? I mean, if they're doing better, then should they be considered the benchmark then for EPF? Yeah, so the, the whole question is, um, if they push, the, they don't really push the needle for EPF, why uh, do this, right? Yeah. And uh, the benchmarking uh, could be one of the reasons why EPF uh, would want to do this or why they would want to compare their performance uh, with that of the external fund manager. Yeah. So, so do you think they're doing this more for transparency? Okay, so you have a benchmark, you see how well you're doing compared to if you had given your funds to an external fund manager. Are they coming out looking well on this one? Are they coming out on the good side here? And unfortunately, numbers uh, for Apple to Apple comparison aren't available because we really have to look at what EPFs equity or high-risk ROI is and compare that to the EFM's uh, 12% ROI. We don't have those numbers. EPF has not break, uh, broken down that for us. 
I personally don't buy that benchmarking argument because this is a totally uh, different risk class uh, which EPF uh, cannot put all of their money into. Uh, they have to think about balancing out the risk as well. So um, why even do it, right, is my question. Yeah, and uh, but I, I don't know. I'm taking a very different position right now because I think um, just like doing other stuff, uh, uh, sometimes outsourcing can work well for you. Um, and in this sense, if they can farm out some of their funds, if they can contain a certain size of or the pool of funds to be farmed out, they can actually contain the kind of liability associated with that size of um, of uh, fund that that is farmed out. And if you can measure them uh, uh, on a year-to-year basis, uh, that means that the EFM model may work. Now, remember, we talked about this early on that uh, you know fund managers cannot take a short-termism kind of outlook. They have to look at things over a long term, um, you know, maybe 20, 30 years, even 40 years down the road. If they can apply 90% of that outlook, uh, if they can apply that long-term uh, view on that 90% of the funds, and let's say 10% is on this short-term, high-risk, high-return fund, then why not? I think it, w- it works well for EFMs to do their job. I'm I'm just wondering whether there is uh, really a need for that because you could tweak it another way. Um, investments usually about are all about refining the ratio of safe to risky assets. So uh, there is still a lot of uh, room left to move into more risky assets because about uh, I guess sixty percent of uh, EPF assets are in fixed income, right? So 40% are in equity. Will mo- moving, let's say, a few percentage points higher into equity uh, counter or cater to that uh, need to hire EFMs, right? Would it would it achieve the same result? Plus, this is really cheaper because EPF manages their investment very cheaply at 27 basis points. Uh, I don't know if the external fund managers can beat that um, I mean, clearly, uh, clearly, that's the EPF's uh, management cost is very low. I, external fund managers could likely have a higher cost, right? So, is it worth it to pay that management fee then to to achieve the same kind of result? Yeah, I, I'm looking at the asset type by class, right? Uh, and there is a clear trend of reduction in fixed income share. Um, in 2011, about five years ago. Uh, 61% of their asset is invested in fixed income. Today, it's 51% or 50% even. So as you can see, from 60 to 50 in fixed income shows that they are not about reducing fixed income but increasing equity. Equity uh, came up from 35% to 45%. Uh, and that shows that if they want to go big on equity and they have said so they want to go big on equity, I think EFM's are the best way to do it uh, because EFMs know their business, they're specialised. Uh, Dr. Sharil has said as much as well. And of course, Dr. Sharil in the same breath said that they're not doing so much fixed income anyway. So I think this is a clear indication that if they are going to go big on equity, I don't see uh, anything wrong with EFMs doing that job for them. See, uh, just just taking your theory, right? If you're driving a car that's being held back by a bullock cart, right? You you want to gradually remove that bullock cart so <laughs> that your car can travel a little bit faster before you move into a Ferrari. Let let's say, for example, the EF- EFMs are Ferraris. So the the achievement of what uh, the EFMs add uh, to the returns of EPF to Ferrari size EPFs return can be achieved by removing bits of the block card so that you you let 
the the you know the pure uh, performance of the Horsepower car, of the car. <laughs> pure performance of the car take the investments through uh, without going to uh, through the next level which is a more expensive level of hiring EFMs which which are the Ferraris right so my point is that uh, why do it if it's if it's so expensive you don't need to buy a Ferrari for the moment all you need to do is remove the block card right but you are for the Ferrari right and, and the Ferrari has higher risk. Are you are you for the Ferrari or not? For That's the, the thing. I don't know the cost structure of EFM. Okay, to, it's not to transparent. Actually, yeah. Yeah. Well, I, is the Ferrari I, I going doubt. to cost the same amount as a Ferrari, or is the Ferrari the same amount of of, of a maybe? Ferraris are <laughs> expensive, right? Uh, I, I can't. I certainly can't afford it. But I, I, I this, don't think that you can get. Is this metaphor falling apart, Anna? <laughs> I don't think, <laughs> at the risk of that, I don't think you can get a Ferrari for twenty-seven bips. You know, yeah, uh, it's, yeah. it's too cheap. Now, the Oracle of Omaha, Warren Buffett, he went on this epic rant against Wall Street this weekend. So just before lunch at the Berkshire Hathaway annual meeting on Saturday, Warren Buffett unloaded what he called a sermon about hedge funds and investment consultants, arguing that they are usually a huge minus for anyone who follows their advice. And we were talking about external fund managers a little earlier, um, EPF's practice of using EFMs. What do you think? Are you guys um, agreeing with Warren Buffett here? So this this is again about Warren Buffett. Is Warren Buffett's scold? Call it the WB <laughs> scold, right? Scolding people that look lay off this uh, def- deference and worshiping of external fund managers. He's saying that investors are better off sticking their money in a low cost index fund instead of trying to hire professional stock pickers to make yourself outperform. Because over the long term, um, investors would find it real hard to beat market returns. Yeah. I, you know, the question is, should we listen to you know Warren Buffett and, and whether or not we can become portfolio managers overnight? Now, I'd like to liken this to raising kids, right? I got three kids of my own. This, this is a show that's full of analogies. <laughs> yes. yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> you, 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 I, I see my three kids. I know what they're good at. I know what they're lacking. And I can, you know, project what they can be really, really good at and getting paid while doing something that they enjoy. And based on this, you know, I nudge them in their respective directions. If I want all three of them to become, you know, very... Asian dad kind of thing. I want all of them to become doctors. I want all of them to become engineers. You know, I'm going to head for a disaster. And this is exactly what EFMs are trying to do. They're going to force fit your money into what they're good at. They're okay, not necessarily so smart so at you, something. So you are the external fund manager in this analogy, in this, no, in I'm this not metaphor. No, no, what I mean is I can become my own uh, portfolio manager overnight because I'm already, I know what my money is good at. I know what I'm good at. And I can see that kind of investment doing well uh, based on what I know. No, but but then that that's exactly what Warren Buffett is saying. You this, don't these need, external yeah. fund managers yeah. don't know what they're doing because yeah. they can't beat markets. In fact, there was a wager that was started 10 years ago initiated uh, by Protégé Partners. Huh? I go, ha ha here because <laughs> these guys didn't know what they were getting into, right? They challenged Warren Buffett uh, to, uh, they, they will pick five funds. They are hedge funds. Uh-huh. Remember, he- hedge funds, for hedge funds, the sky is the limit. They yeah. can do anything to improve the performance. So this is a real test of whether whether um, uh, active fund managers have the brains to really add on performance to your portfolio. And uh, the challenge was that they would choose five funds and Warren Buffett would stick to an investment of just uh, the index, which is the S&P 500, a low-cost index fund. 
And at the end of uh, the decade-long bet, bet. <laughs> uh, time period, uh, Warren Buffett has outperformed uh, with his passive market fund has tremendously outperformed uh, that of the hedge fund manager. 67% for the S&P 500 and accumulative returns of only 22% for the hedge fund managers. I mean, this is an extreme case of uh, arguing against uh, fund managers, but the, I, I, I think the returns are there to, to show. Yeah, them. yeah, for all to see. I can see I can see where this is heading. But yeah, in a sense, uh, you know, Warren Buffett's scolding uh, uh, will resonate well with the mom and pop, uh, but I don't know whether the fund managers will now retaliate and say, you know what, we know better than yeah, you. Yeah, so, so this is where the, the dilemma is, right? I mean, who, should you listen to Warren Buffett? Should you listen to Warren Buffett who... He says he's back to buy data after 10 years of this wager. Um, or should you go you know, with people who say they know what they're doing, who say that this is what they do for a living? You know how they say practice makes perfect, yeah. putting your 10,000 hours, right? Head fund, uh, head, uh, fund managers have already done that. They have done their 10,000 hours. They've, they're good at what they do because that's all that they do. So I, should you I, follow I, I would, that argument? I, I would just um, go against that very statement. They're good at what they do. It, it is a minefield of uh, the implication. Fund managers are not good at, at what they do based on uh, the research that has come out. They rarely are able to beat markets over the long term. And the long term is what we're interested in for a fund like EPF. Um, the, sorry, just, just to uh, move on from this issue mm. a little bit, um, talking about external fund managers, EPF is actually introducing a new thing uh, to bring uh, EFM, the EFM practice uh, more solidly to the individuals in the sense that they're looking to put unit trust in online uh, investments. In the past, you could actually take money out of um, your EPF account to hand it over to unit trust managers. Uh, EPF is now really taking this uh, to a different level. So this is a kind of EFM as well. Uh, do you trust EPF to who, who can actually do the job quite cheap, cheaply for about 27 basis points? Or do you want to take your money out to more expensive EFMs and pay a lot more for it? Yeah, uh, sorry, this is uh, putting unit trusts uh, investments online um, and I think, uh, you know, one company is already doing it. If I'm not mistaken, Fund Supermart is already doing it. But it was, it is big in Singapore and Hong Kong. They can't penetrate that well in Malaysia, the same company I'm talking about, Fund Supermart. Um, and I don't know why uh, they're not gaining traction here in Malaysia. No, no, they are they're getting traction uh, and they are online, but uh, their, their accounts, I think, are not necessarily linked uh, to the EPF account. I this see, is, I see. So this is taking money out, out of pocket. So, taking money out of EPF to put into unit trust. Okay. Before that, you had to go through an agent. Uh, EPF wants to put this online to uh, destroy, to the decimate sales commissions, <laughs> right? uh, okay, which are very so, expensive. So you're eliminating the, the cost of um, the middle person, the unit trust managers. Yeah, that's right. right. Okay. But, the, but there is the other cost, uh, which EPF would find it very hard to bring down, which is the management fee. Now, they, of course, uh, we, as we have established, we don't really know what EPF pays to the EFMs, but uh, with their cloud, uh, we can actually bet that EPF would probably get a pretty big discount uh, from the EFMs. But 
for us, the rest of the individuals mm. who want to do more EFMs ourselves with our EPF funds, uh, we won't be able to get it that cheaply because we will still, I guess, have to pay that a very expensive management fee of between one and a half to two percent. Okay, so let's do it this way, right? Uh, once sales commission is out of the way, um, the only cost to us will be that management fee. So if it is one to two percent, that's still fine because you know you're you're expecting I don't know ten percent maybe out of the interest returns. So that's like eight percent net. Isn't that great uh, or better than you know see any other investments or, or FD and out there, right? Particularly when this fund cost of fund is actually quite cheap. are not in this consideration because that's a different risk class. So if you uh-huh. compare risk class to risk okay. class, uh, ETFs are offering you um, management fees of very cheap. We're talking about 0.5% or below. Uh-huh. Now, 2% is not okay. 2% is <laughs> 20, 20, 20% of your, tw- more than 20% of your long-term returns. The, the Bursa FVM KLCI has returned yeah. 8% over the last 10, 20, 30, 30 years, taking away a quarter of that is not okay. I think it's a travesty. It's an injustice. Uh, you, uh, As a fund manager, you have to be able to actually perform above that to justify your existence. Uh, but uh, they have not... Uh, I, I don't think there is research showing that they have managed to do that. I mean, they win a lot of uh, awards uh, year by year, but we're talking about very long-term investment planning here. So it looks like the Oracle of Omaha is not the only one to go on an epic rent. <laughs> we have the Oracle of BFM as well. 9.55, excuse me, 9.55 right now. You've been listening to the SM Show. I'm Melissa Idris with Julian Ng and Ibrahim Sani. <laughs> We're liberal on the web today, yes. <laughs> the 10 o'clock news bulletin is coming up next to BFM 89.9. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.